Michael and Rob had been friends since they were kids, and they both shared a deep passion for cricket. They'd spent countless hours playing the game in their backyard, dreaming of one day representing their country on the international stage. Despite their love for the game, neither of them had quite made it to the big leagues. But that didn't stop them staying connected to the sport and sharing their knowledge and insights with others. So, one day, they decided to start a cricket podcast called Hit for Six. The podcast quickly gained a devoted following of cricket enthusiasts who tuned in every week to hear Michael and Rob's take on the latest matches and news from around the world. They offered insightful analysis and humorous banter that kept listeners entertained and informed. As the popularity of the show grew, Michael and Rob found themselves travelling to various cricket matches and tournaments, meeting and interviewing players and coaches from all over the globe. They even got the opportunity to cover some of the biggest tournaments, like the Cricket World Cup, and the Indian Premier League. Through their podcast, Michael and Rob had created a community of like-minded cricket fans who came together to share their love for the game. And even though they never made it to the international stage as players, they had found their own way to contribute to the sport they loved. Lovely. Welcome to Hit for Six. Um, Apologies for the random introduction, but this morning I've discovered um, that, that OpenAI chat bot where you can ask him to write you a story and it'll write you any story about anything and that was a story about hit for six a cricket podcast by michael and rob um, it wasn't the parts of it were, were kind of spot on parts of it was spot on it stretched the truth friends since they were wee kids yeah played and, hours yeah. in the backyard and that's really stretching traveling all over the world interviewing coaches watching the best matches i mean that is turning Five overs at the Rose Bowl and then an afternoon at the Industrial Park because the game got rained off in the World Cup. That's that's stretching that slightly. Yeah, but we've we've interviewed some prominent players. We both weren't good enough to make it as international cricketers. Not yet. We we met when we were still in our teens. Yeah. So you you know, in when we're grey and old, we'll look back as kids. So and who knows, some of it may be to come. Maybe it's prophetic of the future. Um, but a completely shameless and random plug for something that I have nothing to do with. But the, if you just Google open AI um, chat bot, create an account, uh, you can write the most bizarre stuff. It's pretty incredible. Slightly scary that artificial intelligence has got that intelligent. But um, anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about England winning a series in Pakistan for the first time ever. Are, are we just really good now? I think we are. We're just... In a year, we've become really good at all, all forms. forms. All, all forms of test cricket. We were already good at all the other forms of cricket, and now we're amazing at test cricket as well. But it's not just an English like baseball in the English summer. I we I think we all thought right, we're going to go to Pakistan, rapidly turning pitches. It could be dramatic. It could be hundred all out. But no, we're just we're just doing well. Really well, and I think for me, what I was most pleased with was the second test win. We'll talk about the first test. The first test was amazing. But the first test was also unbelievably flat deck. And the declaration and the bowling them out at the end was amazing. But the the scoring quickly and doing well in that kind of game where it was a really flat pitch and we could play that aggressive style of cricket fairly risk-free. But I thought the second test on a more balanced pitch for bat and ball to just go toe-to-toe with them on their own turf where... Well, one of the reasons we haven't won a series there forever is because 
pitches are historically flat. And we've also been playing in the UAE quite a lot in more recent times. And so yeah. and we, have, we haven't been there loads. But nonetheless, Pakistan have a very good record at home and always have historically. And for us to beat them twice in two different ways in a quite competitive close test match, but also in a incredible first one, it, it shows we're not just winning one way. We're winning different ways. We're bowling teams out. We're scoring runs quickly. We're, we're digging in when we need to. It's the perfect team. I think Harry Brooks' turn in that second test was one of the most impressive things. Because you're right, in that first test, it really suited our style. Everyone going gung-ho, cruelly duck at everyone, helping themselves to, you know, especially pleasing centuries. But that second test, Harry Brook coming in, him and Stokes on that decrease, we weren't completely in control. And Stokes kind of batted in a way where he bats his best, where he takes his time and takes his time to get going rather than yahooing from the first ball. And Harry Brook, his time came off, what, 100-odd balls? And I think it was the second innings turn. He was annoyed if I'd got out in the first innings and he really applied himself. And it was that aggressive batting, but not but 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 not silly batting. And I think it was really impressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I, I haven't got to watch any of it, it's the only thing. I've got rid of my Sky Sports and so I've just been watching all the highlights. But those highlights are good. Those little uh, YouTube highlights of Sky Sports, they're not even that little. They're like 12 minutes. Yeah, I feel you get... They're, they are good. So that's how I've consumed BBC live feed, a bit of TMS and Sky Sports um, YouTube cricket highlights. Yeah. I think that's enough to to get by. I, I see, The other thing to know is just how good is Ollie Robertson? Well, th- this was when we were thinking about how we were going to speak about it. There were, I had almost three themes that I wanted to say. If I was writing an essay on the first two yeah. tests, what I, and the first is, how amazing is Ben Stokes as a captain? So we'll talk about that in a second. My second one is what we can talk about now, which is how good are the likes of Harry Brook and Ollie Robinson in particular? Um, while some others have played well, I feel they're really showing that they are could be world-class anywhere and everywhere. Pope as well. Pope, of course. I mean, and then just casually picking up the gloves and taking unbelievable catches. And, yeah, yeah. And, and the last thing was we shouldn't get carried away with ourselves, but let's get carried away with ourselves anyway. Um but yeah, I think on that second one, I think we've seen a few players now. We've now, if you look at that team with Brooke, Pope, Brooke, Root, Stokes, oh, that's a proper middle order. Best, they still potentially to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at, I know Anderson's old, but as far as I'm concerned, he can play till he's 60 if he's still taking wickets. Then he's still, oh, taking his, his average is just going down and down and down. It's ridiculous. He's becoming more and more skillful, looking after himself well, I think. And then Robinson's a wonderful, wonderful bowler. With, we got and he got Lazar Woods. Will we ever see Archer again? Maybe, maybe not. Broad and Wokes at home. I, I feel that Spin will talk, talk about in a second with Leach and now um, um, the young lad Rahan Ahmed coming in. But um, Duckett's come back in and looked brilliant. Like Duckett, he's, he's, he's a very good player, Spin, which is a big transformation because you're when he last played Test cricket, quite how silly Ashwin made him look. It was one of the most one-sided battles I've ever seen. But now he's completely changed his game as a sweepologist. And and he's he's been he's been brilliant, taking straight back to it. Crawley, I think he got another duck today, which is kind of funny. Um the Crawley's still getting ducks. But I love that Crawley. So I won't have a bad word today. But... You've always you've always backed him, haven't you? Even when he was averaging about four last summer, you always you've always liked him. He's one of those players where it, Whenever I say to mates, like, I love Zach Crawley, they're like, oh, no, Styling, no, you don't like Crawley. Oh, no. Oh, he only, he only scores runs against Pakistan. Oh, like, because of that reaction, I now love him all the more. Yeah. He's my, he's 
that gets you all over. He's getting close to being my favourite England test cricketer. That's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many more deserving candidates. But when he's batting well, he does look so good. <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. But it's in his flakiness that there was a, and I know you're not a big rugby man, uh, Michael, but there was, a, there was an England rugby player called Ollie Barkley who was so flaky. He just very occasionally turn it on, but never really could, and he never quite made it. And I see Zach Crawley as like the modern cricket equivalent of Ollie Barkley. Hopefully he doesn't go to prison for um, GBH, like I think Ollie Barkley might have done. But that doesn't um, sound very flaky to me. <laughs> but it's just that kind of people with a mercurial talent who are good enough at that top level, but just only it only quite comes together every so often and but also have some real chronic flaws in their game that they just refuse to work on. Yeah. They're, 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 they're my kind of people. So um, I back Crawley to the hill. I'd be open to batting every test for the foreseeable future. I mean, it is crazy quite how some we've suddenly got this embarrassment of riches in the middle order to the extent that I think Ben Folks is in real trouble once Bairstow comes back. Through no fault of his own, because Ben Folks, I think, has done a really good job since coming back into the team. And again... I think you see this, what we're going to talk about, Stokes being a good captain. I think he's made folks feel like a proper established part of the team, talks about him as the best keeper in the world. But when Bairstow's back, Bairstow's got to come back in. Bairstow had the most unbelievable summer last year. And then you can't drop Harry Brook. He is a generational talent. So where's folks fitting in? Probably not. And Bairstow's probably going to get the gloves. Or do we, or do we open up with, get Root back up there with my boy Crawley? No, Crawley is the one who gets dropped in this scenario. Pope, Pope at three. No, Crawley is the one who gets dropped in this scenario. Oh, so you'd have Duckett over Crawley, would you? Based, know, based on this series, yes. But it's not been very long. It's nice to have options, isn't it? It's nice to have lots of good options. You could... I mean, what, you, you're chucking Root up to open? That's the most rogue... Yeah, I know. Just, I could want to sacrifice I want the world's best yeah. batsman. I want to be able to keep... Get folks in, have a proper keeper, but also have... Bairstow. You could just let Bairstow open. You could just tell Bairstow to you could just tell Bairstow to open like he does in one day and just tell him to absolutely go. I mean, these are all reasons why me and you are not the English coach. <laughs> you can't just make a great middle order batsman become an opener. But no, it's, it's we we're in a good we're in a good position. And the way Ollie Robinson gets the ball to jag back in, his skill levels, they're insane. And he's actually fit now, which helps. He's a fan. He's a fantastic bowler, like so good. And it's one of those players. You, it's quite interesting when you listen to commentators, and then they're talking about English players, and then occasionally, whether it be television or radio, someone who's not an England fan, who's a who's a top cricketer from another country, they get so excited about one of our players. And the ones I've noticed it with was Pope when he first came in. There's a lot of, you know, people saying he looks so good, he looks like a fantastic cricketer. And hearing some of the great bowlers, or hearing Wakar Yunus talk, and Wazi Makram, I, I heard it was, um, I heard him speak about about Ollie Robinson, talking about just his his skill level, his accuracy, and they just think he's a tremendous bowler. And he's, yeah, yeah he's, he's brilliant. And the kind of my worries about, well, what happens when Anderson and Broad go? Well, suddenly you can see a little bit of the future, can't you? For what it's worth, I do think we're going to see Archer again. I think he has a, I think, frankly, weird appetite to want to play test cricket considering what his body's been through in the last two years. I think it'd be absolutely fair enough if he thought, I'm just going to play T20 cricket, I'm going to make some money, I'll still play for England T20s, but I'm not going to put my body, my elbow through that. 
but he seems to really want to play Tess, which is really exciting. Which perhaps brings in the whole Stokes, making yeah. everyone want to play Test cricket. Mark Wood would not be playing in the series right now. Mark Wood would have retired from Test cricket. He spoke about it earlier this week. He said he was on the verge of quitting, but the the pull to play for Stokes and McCullum was too strong. And look, now he's here and he's loving it, and he was wonderful in that. Which which Test was it? The first or second where he bowled us to victory at the end? taking poles it was second yeah that was class yeah it did really yeah it's great to see and I, I was struck actually everyone been saying oh everyone loves to play test cricket they play exciting test cricket all the rest of it but I was really struck by Harry Brooks interview after we won the 2020 World Cup and he mentioned that when he, he was he couldn't hit the ball off the square in the early part of his innings with Nazim Shah seeming away from him and he said to the interviewer, oh, you know, it was a for me, if it, it's what I imagine test cricket to be like, not that I've played much of that yet. And he said that yet, and there was a glint in his eye, and you could see that, and they kind of that he was excited to that was a big thing for him, and he wanted to go after it. And I think perhaps one of the frustrations for English cricket over the last decade, probably, has been that our most talented players have flourished in white ball cricket and we've had a bit of a dearth of batting talent. I'm talking mainly batsmen in 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 test cricket. So you've had Butler, I know he played test cricket, but he's always done his best so in one day. Hales and Roy. Just and, batting though. A dual sheet. Dual sheet, prime example. Yeah. I, but I was thinking like seam bowling. I'd rather have Anderson and Broad than David. Yeah, but Williams Anderson and Broad, and they're anomalies, aren't they? Like there's a, there must be a reason why they're the only two until until recently that have come through and stayed at the top level. Like, apart from that, it's not been great. Wokes at home, Archer for a little bit, now Robinson, but it's clearly all mindset, isn't it? And I, to tell you who I feel a little sorry for, and he, he's he's probably having a really good time, and he's not scored that many runs recently, but he's still class, and I'm sure he's having a great time as part of his team. But Joe Root slogged away, slogged his guts out as captain for years. Throughout the narrative is we're awful at test cricket. Test cricket's a dying thing. It's not the way forward. How long can it go on for? No one are they having any fun. Stokes literally just comes in and he's, everything he's touched has turned to gold. And Root's been part of that. But I just feel a little bit sorry for him because he really tried. Yeah, he did. I was. I remember in the last Ashes series, Ian Chappell saying... Joe Root, he's not a good captain, but he's also not a lucky captain. No. And I think of all the things where Stokes has got so lucky, like the amount of strangles down the leg side. Yeah. Bowled out Pakistan. Those, that. those balls from Markwood were awful. Why were they? were just like catching, catching it. Yeah. Down. Like, uh, and there's so many things have kind of these gambled on that have gone right. Like that declaration was so bold. And then if, if Root did that, there's no way we would have bowled him out. And everyone would have pilloried him. I, and... I, I guess you make your own luck, right? Like Stokes is a much, much, much better captain than Root. You can see that already from the way he takes risks in the field, from the way he manages his bowlers, from the way he makes a spinner feel like they can actually bowl out the opposition. Like Root is, I think, the worst captain of a spinner I've ever watched. Um, like he didn't know how to deal with spinners and he would drop them every chance he got. So he makes his own luck. But then also, Joe Root came on this morning, full toss, whacked straight at Ben Stokes, who seems to do a lap of the field, high-fiving everyone. Like, sometimes <laughs> it is just lucky. 
But he's making it and they're clearly loving playing for him. He tries things out and he's just got cool Baz McCullum sitting there in his shades, like being everyone's best mate. Like the bloke future is here and they're smashing it, the bloke alliance. I think with Stokes' his captaincy, what you mentioned is the, the, like the proactiveness and the purposefulness of decisions he makes. Like he, any decision he makes, there it's full of intent. It's always proactive, not reactive. And so even if it doesn't work, you can completely see what the plan was, how it could have worked, what the the thinking was. There's like a a logic to it. You'll see him putting a leg slip early, yeah, or yeah. like straight away putting two catches and you know short cover to like bless him. Root would be a go to where leg slip was, and then the leg slip comes. It's to Stokes, you just feel it, and he makes aggressive decisions. He'll he'll take the new ball early. He'll deliberately delay the new ball. They'll deliberately open the bowling like they did in the, that fourth innings of the first test and just bowl bumpers into the ground, even though the seamers are bowling. bowl himself on a 12-over spell, yeah. and just as he's looking like he's bowled himself, oh, he'll take two wickets. Yeah. Like, but, but, but I think for me, like the what sums up just being... Proactive and bold was they opened the bowling in that fourth innings of the first test and just bowled bumpers to guff the ball up in the hope that it would reverse swing later because there was no other context in which they were really going to be that that successful because even a very very good spinner would struggle to take many wickets on that and Leach is a he's all right he's not bad but he's, he's not done better since Stokes yeah but he's not so he's probably not going to bowl them out but I don't think world-class bowlers would have been able to take a load of wickets because it was so flat. The best chance was scuff the ball up and use our world-class seamers to see if they can get the ball reversing. Yeah. And that might not have worked. And they might have just ruined the new ball, end up with a, a, you know, basically a potato to bowl with for the rest of it, and lost. But you can <laughs> see what the logic was, and he went for it. And I think that that's just good, good to see. Did we see this coming? Did we think Ben Stokes was going? Because Ben Stokes was the only option, and I don't think he was an option that any of us at the time were excited about. We all thought no. Ben Stokes can't be captain, got too much in his plate, didn't work for Flintoff, didn't work for both of them, so it won't work for Stokes. That was a lazy but universal view. A- apart from players in like in the camp, basically, so a lot of players when they appointed, they were, when he was appointed, they were immediately saying, oh, he's such an inspirational fat figure I think he'll be a great captain even guys who don't really have that much to prove like Broad or Anderson they, they all, always have spoken so highly of him helps but, that his first call was to Broad and Anderson saying you guys are class I want you in my team yeah. that well, it was the right decision but... yeah yeah, no, yeah. Yes, it was but it's it's funny that because sometimes players come out and they say stuff oh no he's fantastic but, but they're wrong they're like blinkered because they're too close to it yeah, and they're too loyal always, to you can't always take it at face value because they're all trained in what to say all the time so even though that stuff would have been genuine from them at the time, it would have been like, yeah, obviously everyone's getting around Stokes. He's the new captain. But then they appointed McCullum. And that was exciting. I don't think anyone, I remember when that appointment was made. Uh, Did you think that was going to work? I didn't think it was going to work. I thought it was, I, I liked it. I wasn't like, oh, what have they done? No, no, you could But better than appointing like Mickey Arthur or one of these guys who just goes on the. Never going to be Mickey Arthur. No, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a B-tier coach. He yeah, would have been Gary Kirsten. But no, but, you know, they, but him either. Like any of the, I was excited it wasn't one of the like the classic journeyman. Well, just journeyman coaches. You get like Trevor Bayliss was one. Bob Woolmer was one. R.I.P. Those guys who just coach different international teams on rotation. I was yeah, pleased I, it wasn't one look, of them. Look, I don't think anyone was 
I think everyone was still excited by McCullum's appointment because of McCullum and it's fun and it's vibes and it's a continuation of all of the success in White Ball. So no one was, I think, actively annoyed, but I think everyone was saying, right, how's this going to go? Nobody knew it was going to go like this. And obviously it could still go wrong, but everything they have touched has turned to gold so far. And it's been really fun. It has been. The test, of course, will come when it stops going quite so well. Yeah, and um, we come up against top, top opposition. And this Pakistan team, they're good, but they're not as good as I expected them to be. They're missing a 3D. Like they're really, Massively. They're really missing a 3D. I think he's so good that he could change the complexion of this series. And the batting, Azam's the only one I'm particularly fearful of. I don't know. And he has, like and he has a bat as well. It yeah. feels like quite a green Pakistan team. So it's a good win, but I think the acid test comes from the cup against Australia. Because I still think in test cricket, they're the best. Them and, them and India. Um, are we touring India away next year? Or is it 2024? Because that's obviously the proper acid test. Yeah, I can't remember when we're going away to them. It must be 2024. We didn't play away there. It wasn't that long ago. I think it is 2024. I was living here when we last played in India. I've only lived here just over two years. So. I think it is 2024. But no, like, I'm really excited for this home ashes. Home ashes summer. Joffrey's going to be back. In theory. That'll be good. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Should we, talk, should we talk a bit about your third theme? Uh, Leech? Spin? Rayhan Ahmed? Yeah, well, I, and I suppose, yeah, because that third theme is not getting too carried away with ourselves. We've already started touching on it, but... um. Yeah, there's. I suppose there's lots of good to celebrate. I think the middle order is fantastic, and I think in there you've got guys like Pope and Brook, like they can do it in all types of games, condition, get on top of teams, but also dig deep. And then with Root and Stokes and potentially Bearstone, there's a real engine there. That's a proper good middle order. But the the top order, it's it's not Cook and Strauss. It's certainly not Greenwich and Haynes. Best I've felt about it for a while though. Yeah, I think so. But I think let's see how they go against Cummins and Hazelwoods in Stark and English summer, you know, or, or even against what well, Tim Mercer can't still be opening the bowling for Ireland. But the last time we played over in a early summer test, we were in we were in trouble. As as Crawley nails the first off drive for four, Rob's standing up, <laughs> clapping, second ball, nicks the slip, Rob's still clapping, yeah. cheers yeah. him in. And I'll be, my dad will be like, Robert, that was awful. I was like, no, it was, it's the intent, dad. It's the intent. <laughs> <laughs> that will be I exactly, believe in you, Zach. Yeah, that'll be exactly what will be happening. Um, but I'm still a bit worried about the top order. And then, as you said, spin. I mean, the, the seam bowling, we've got lots of options with Anderson and Broad and Robinson. And then at home, we've got the likes of Wokes. And then there's Woods and Archer for a bit more express pace. So I don't think we can say we're weak seen bowling but it's the it feels like an attack sort of in transition it's not like you're settled not like with australia where every time it's coming taser would start lion they're their bowlers which it's a bit more fluid because of injuries <laughs> and um so i'm I'm not quite no you know what? i'm i'm gonna put my gonna put it out there i think our seam attack's gonna smash it next summer i think anderson and broad at home is still absolutely terrifying um and if not more terrifying. As they get older, they get better. And Ollie Robinson, add to that. Is key. Is key. You've got Mark Wood, whose body on the whole seems to be 
on an upward trajectory as he's entering his mid-30s. So perfect timing. But Mark Wood, I think, will be hopefully fit. And he might even have Joffrey Archco back. So I'm not worried about the seam. No, all. you're right. And even you fall back onto other players like Wokes and English Test Match is always always decent. That's the business. There are, there's plenty of... Ollie Stone might be kicking around. Yeah, the Overtons aren't so great, but they're all, I mean... No, Jamie Overton just biffs it. And Craig Overton. Yeah. The only thing that could ruin this wonderful but like blossoming English test team is Craig Overton. Oh, we're not back into it. We're not getting into your um unfounded hatred of the Overton brothers. No, it's not the Overton brothers. It's Craig Overton playing test cricket for England is the least inspiring site. And I'm right. Yeah, yeah, I mean you are, but that's uh but then then the what we're missing to be a, a great team is a great spinner. He's just reached 100 test wickets. He's he's been a lot better. I'm a leech. I would I would have made 100 test wickets if I played that many games. He's not played that many games because <laughs> he's been around for ages. But he always gets ill, or he'd always be in the 12 man squads, and then we'd go about a spinner under route. He's not actually played as many tests as you think. I saw a stat about how quickly he's reached it compared to other bowlers, and it's like the same speed as Mitchell Stark reached it as a milestone, but. His average is still in like the low forties. So, so was Ashley Charles. Yeah, the my sense of Leach is we are now Stokes is because he's a good captain. Stokes is extracting everything possible out of Leach now. Like we're seeing the best. He took four wickets in the innings today. He's, he's, he's doing fine. He's a solid spinner, but he's no, he's not a Nathan Lyon. He's not a world world class, but we love him. We shine the ball in his head. Certainly like him. And Burehan Ahmed, 18. His dad looked about 36. Uh, honestly, yeah, that's, that's a bit of a shocker for us, I isn't it? I couldn't believe it. Michael tells me, oh, you see the nice photos of Rahan Ahmed, this young, youngest ever, you know, player to play test cricket for the England men's team, at least, you know, 18 years old. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, no, it's amazing, isn't it? Have you seen the photo of him and his dad? Oh, it's so, it's so cute. I was like, oh, send it to me, Michael. And he sends me his photo of an 18-year-old kid with some, like, 30-year-old <laughs> man. The bloke looks horrid. He's in such... I don't know how... He must be, what, like... Maybe he's, like, 24 when his lad was born, so he must be very early 40s. Maybe, yeah. But he looks in very good neck. It was a sweet picture, though. Yeah, it was a very sweet photo, but that did rattle me when I looked closer to the age of his dad than I did to him. He started nervously, but... He took two wickets, and the second one in particular, I don't know if you've seen it, it's an absolute peach. Really good googly, squares the batsman up, plumb in front of the stumps. He's, I think he took like two for 80 today, went at just under four and over, which expensive, but he was going at sevens after his first spell. So he really settled down, bowled really well in the afternoon. And, and he biffs it as well. Have you seen his first class century? I no, but I see I just full of ramps. Yeah. Did he get ramping for six, and this is his first first class century. In fact, I've seen he he's got a first class century and no first class fifties. So the one time he's gone, he's gone big, big. He's only played and, he's only played three first class games. I thought it was seven, but maybe anyway, regardless, he's he's that, not played a lot. Maybe it was seven innings. And so he's played what, four games or whatever. But yeah. but um yeah, mad indeed. But they clearly rate him. He looks decent i really rate they're giving him a test and it's all part of the new approach isn't it but i bet but it feels like he's been picked with a purpose unlike some of those we're four nil down let's pick scott borthwick oh, and mason crane yeah mason crane and there'll be like two profiles of mason crane before the game where he really earnestly talks about how he's ready to take down australia and then they toss the ball to mason crane and the commentator's like oh oh very exciting he's a really hot prospect we've got here 
Mason Crane takes one for 140. Well, Mason Crane took a lot of wickets at school. So that's that's a lot because he's basically very random aside. My dad has the record for the most wickets taken a school season of anyone ever in the UK. Um, and it's now an unbreakable record because he can only bowl a certain number of overs. So he's bowled unchanged one end of an innings and took loads and loads of wickets. And we, we thought it was unbreakable until Mason Crane very nearly broke it. It was like five short. Dad was rattled. I've got dad like following school yeah, season. Really turning like, up to it. games and booing as Mason Crane comes on. No, but he was. Um, I, but I told him how close he was. Dad was oh my word. Um, but the, the record still stands for 1971 or whatever it would be. Um, no, but it's, a, it's an exciting future. I mean, he won't play at all in the English summer and you wouldn't really expect him to unless he comes on even more in the next few months. No, but Leach will be the spinner, but still incredibly exciting. And I'm intrigued to see how he does playing for Leicestershire, playing in the 100. I hope Leicestershire, I hope our friend, friend of the podcast, Paul Nixon, manages to hold on to him for a bit because it'd be sad if he immediately goes to like a Warwickshire or a Yorkshire where he gets poached. He will, he will be, but... His hoping. Well, he's going to go to Surrey, isn't he? Ah, uh, no. If he's got anyone in his ear with any wisdom, he shouldn't go to Surrey. They've got Will Jacks. They've got Will Jacks. We haven't even testing. spoken about Will Jacks. Unbelievable. He should open the bathroom. Look how he pings it in the T20 glass. <laughs> yeah. get, get him up there, falling a best spin. Took a six for a dirty six for as well. Dirty. I think very a lot of short wide ones that were short and wide and taken by Pope standing. Like, it was good by Pope. But, very yeah. good. Um, but no, I suppose long and short of it, it's been fantastic. I'm still waiting for the day when England rugby, football and cricket teams are all good at the same time. Football team better, although disappointing. We won't talk too much about it. The rugby team are a shambles, but the cricket, which is the most important of the three, obviously. Uh, it had to be time. It had to be. I mean, I'm not a rugby person, but surely it was time for Eddie to go. Uh, yeah, I've. Um, if anyone's interested, I'll pub. Well, go on. I'll publish it in the in the notes of uh, on the show notes of this podcast. A little article I read in anger about Eddie Jones being sacked. Wrote. Yeah, I wrote one. In fact, it started as a YouTube comment because I was watching this YouTube video from like a New Zealand rugby YouTuber, and all the comments were from like Saffers and Kiwis saying like, "I can't believe they sacked Eddie Jones this close to a World Cup." Like, why? And so I was like, right, well, I'm going to tell them why. And I re- and it ended up being about 600 words on why he got, probably longer, on why he got sacked. And I was like, oh, that's uh, that's really helpful. I didn't know that. So I, so I tweaked a little bit and put it in an article. But you, you told me previously the only reason we hadn't sacked him was because we couldn't afford to. Yeah, and now, but then they had the Auto Internationals and made loads of money off um, me and my dad buying £8 pints for Twickenham. And so now they had the money to sack him. You funded the sacking. No, I, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, but no, it was time for him to go. You can read about that in the show notes. But most importantly at the moment, England cricket, it's in as healthier, I'd say it's in as healthier position, the international team across formats. I can, across formats as I can remember, because not only are we winning games, but there's a real buzz about all of it. From the players, fans. Mm. Everyone's playing the bits they're meant to as well, which is helpful. Like, we've stopped trying to squeeze Joss Butler into the test team, and he's now really happily being the best, one of the best white ball players in the world. Joe Root's happily not having to captain, and hopefully we'll be just making stacks of runs. Stokes is playing wherever he wants to. Uh, we're going to go win it in India oh. next year. We'll see. Let's go. Let's fulfil the story. Let's go to major tournaments across the world. Where should we go? Yeah. 2023, India trip. Yeah, class. Well, is it 2023? Yeah, it is. But I think it, it's all in at the same time as the Rugby World Cup as well. So I might have to um, um, say to where's work. Where's that? 
That's in France. No, not very near each other. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're probably very near here, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure the, the rugby was going to be anywhere that near to India. I mean, a uh, rugby World Cup in Bangladesh would have been a real turn up for the birds. <laughs> But they're quite close together, so I might need to take some unpaid leave from work and just sit in my boxes and watch it all on the telly next autumn. But um, no, it's brilliant. It's good to see you. We meant to do this pod after the first test and then after the second test. And now we are on the third test has already started and we're finally putting it together. We thought we'd wait until it was confirmed that we're really good. Yeah. So then we can gloat with confidence. Exactly. That's what we like to do. We're very one-eyed. We are, but it's just nice. I just feel, I kind of thought, no, I shouldn't get ahead of myself. But why not? We're only going to score like 500 virtually in a day in a test match again. Like, not yeah. not that often. Yeah, Let's so enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but look, I'm hopeful we'll win the Series 3-0. And I can't wait for 2023 and all that brings for English cricket. We'll be world champions again. We'll win a home Ashes. Yeah. Geoffrey Archer's going to knock over Steve Smith again. It's going to be wonderful. Mate. And Ben Stokes, I take it all back. I used, to, I used to be very rude about him after what? the after a the Bristol nightclub incident, but also after the, oh yeah after the twenty sixteen T twenty World Cup final as well. I was I was I'm done with this play. There's a lot of whitewashing going on, isn't there? Like we've really embraced the dark side, cheering on Alex Hales as he biffs it all <laughs> yeah, around yeah. in the final. <laughs> but ben I, Duckett never been very nice about him. Now I'm like yeah, Ben Duckett, sweetologist. But I, I I think that's fine. I I think it's. I think it's really good to see. There's a number of players on the team. You think yeah, Duckett, as you mentioned, Stokes, uh, Robinson with his historic tweets that were, who, I mean, whichever person went and dug those up, so just dropped them on his test debut. I thought that was pretty pretty callous from that person in many ways to ruin the proudest and biggest day of his life. But that's a separate point. There's yeah. there's quite a lot of players who've had past incidents they probably wouldn't be that proud of. And it's really nice that we're allowed to... Yeah. forgive move on yeah, it's and, a nice way of looking at it Rob. Yeah. yeah and give people a second chance because we all make mistakes and we all deserve a second crack at it yeah Alex Hales what you deserve this why well, he does for his talent for his hard work he was also um, just it's a quick side note but I don't know if you followed yesterday the lowest score in a professional cricket match in the history of cricket 15 all out Sydney Funder against the Adelaide Strikers no incredible I was following it all on cricket folks I'm sort I sort of Bollard strikers. 15 all 15 out. 15 all out. Um, Wes Agar, big Wes Agar, brother of Ashton, uh, took four. Uh, Bournes took a five uh, and Hale's got a two ball duck. 15 all out. What's the... Chasing 139. Okay, so they weren't chasing a lot. If it wasn't, it could have been worse. That. If they'd been chasing 250, that could have been a pretty ugly scorecard. Yeah. Even uglier. But I don't know, I think bowled out St George's Weybridge under 8Bs for 14. My score bowled out for 10. Okay, you went. And we were chasing 160. Okay. 20 over game against Wilson's. <laughs> <laughs> no, we bowled him out for 14. I was, I was 0-0 out, by the way. Oh, I, well uh, I blocked my two balls. Yeah. Um, but no, 15 in the professional cricket game. That's not great. I'll have to watch that in a bit. But anyway, we're going on tangents. Michael, it's good to see you again. Well done, England. And bring on 2023. Oh, yeah.